Thanks for downloading this week's Revolution Community Church podcast. We hope you are challenged by this talk and will share it with your family and friends. If this is your first encounter with Revolution, we'll hope you'll come and visit us at our Logansport campus at 3930 East Market Street. Or check us out online at revolutioncc.org. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode at Revolution, where Sundays are a party, where the family gets together and we're always expecting guests. Hey, uh, how's everybody doing? You guys good tonight? Come on, give it up for that video. Let's give it up for everything tonight. The kids, this new stage design, everybody working the tech booth. Um, Merry Christmas. Uh, my name's Anthony. If we haven't met, I'm the lead pastor here. I'm joined on stage by my buddy. Uh, you want to introduce, give us your name, uh, how old you are, and then can you do three things? And how long your family's been coming to Revolution? So name first. I... I'm Lincoln. Lincoln. And I'm seven, year, seven and a half years old. And how long have your family been coming to Revolution? Five years. Five years. You got it right tonight. That's awesome. Way to go, dude. Uh, hey, seven and a half. Let's just calculate that to make sure that's correct, though. So when is your birthday? What's the date of your birthday? Um, uh, you get it. Do you need a like? You need an applause to get you going because I know you know it. You say, "Oh, okay, go ahead." All right. I think it's like <laughs> March twenty-seven. Yes, March twenty-seven. So you're like you're three like quarters. you're like seven and three quarters. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Seven and three quarters, right here is Lincoln. So okay, uh, tell us. Um, you, so you go to Caston Schools. Yes. Yes, and so Revolution actually was at Caston Schools this week. We did our sixth Project Christmas. <laughs> if you're not. He was dressed up as an elf. I was. Yeah, so I, I was a big elf, and I went into his room. <laughs> you didn't do this last night? Okay. Uh, but Project Christmas, if you don't know, it's where we get a stocking for every student and staff member at the school. We bless the school, and, and you got a stocking. Tell us what was in your stocking. What was the, your favorite thing in your stocking? A transformable plushie. Transformer plushie, right? Everybody know who, who knows what a plushie is? Raise your hand if you know what a plushie is. Okay, there's a lot of people that don't know what a plushie is, so explain a plushie. What is a plushie? It's kind of like... Um, Keep that up there right there. So they can, this is important. It's this kinda, is really important. It's kind of like... Um, like a, it's not like those stuffed things, like kind of mm-hmm. animals, but it's like they come yes. in like little yeah. containers and you can squish them and they make mm-hmm. bubbles. Yes. So now you know. And everybody knows what a plushie is. So, okay. <laughs> so now you just saw that video, and we've watched that a few times together and had fun with that video. What's your favorite scene from that video we just watched? When the girl was so excited because it's not really Santa, but she thought it was. She thought that was a real and Santa, and then. Got a mask off and a beard and a hat. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like the beard is kind of like the mask, but. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, I'm done for the day driving. Yeah, he's done for the day. He's clocking out. Yeah, he's clocking out. He took the. So it wasn't the real thing. <laughs> okay, so have you ever had a moment where you got your hopes up about something? And you, your hopes were kind of let down, like it didn't come through, maybe as a Christmas present or something where you got your hopes up? When, when I was at um, Christmas, I thought I was going to get a phone, iPhone. But I didn't. You're seven and three quarters. Yeah. You don't have an iPhone yet? No, my, my dad doesn't let where's, me have it. Where's dad? 
we got to get this kid an iPhone, seven and three quarters. Okay. <laughs> Is he back here? Uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. We'll okay, hold on. <laughs> Calm down. I'll hold it back. Uh, so last thing, last thing, um, what do you hope to get for Christmas this year? What's, what's on the Christmas list this year? A real elf on a shelf. A real elf on the shelf. Explain that. What does that mean? It's kind of like a, it's not, it's like a human elf on a shelf. Oh, that, a human elf on the shelf. It's not like a giant one. It's like one of those, like. Like a small one? Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, we'll talk to Santa about it. We'll see what happens, all right? That's okay. probably before the iPhone, I would assume. Hey, let's give it up for Lincoln. Thanks so much, dude, for helping us out on Christmas. You want to take that with you? Take that with you. Awesome. Well, as the ushers are coming up, uh, I asked Lincoln, so let me ask all of you, have you ever got your hopes up about something and just to be let down? And maybe, maybe you related to that, that video quite a bit, like one of those scenes in the video has kind of happened in your life, in your world. Um, thanks, guys, so much. Um, maybe, kids, maybe it was a Christmas present one year, like you really wanted this one particular Christmas present, and Christmas came and went, and you got lots of cool stuff, but you didn't get like that present that you were asking for. Um, and I remember one year for Christmas, all I wanted was a Millennium Falcon Empire Strikes Back spaceship. That's all I cared about. That's all I wanted. By the way, who has seen the new Star Wars movie? Who's seen it? Not very many hands. What is going on, 4 o'clock service? All right, don't tell me anything about it. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, if you come talking Rise of Skywalker in the lobby, I will walk away from you. I don't want to hear anything. I'm going, to, I'm going tomorrow night. So, um, but uh, this is all I wanted for Christmas. And the crazy thing about it, this is all I was asking for. Mom and Dad, this is all I want. I remember really wanting this for Christmas, but I don't actually remember getting it. I think I got it because I remember have, I have memories playing with it, but the thrill of hoping for it was much better than the thrill of having it. And, and that's just kind of how life works, right? There, there's so many things in life where we get our hopes up and our hopes are met with a reality that doesn't deliver. Um, maybe, maybe it's a job interview that you had and you got your hopes up. It went so well, it couldn't have gone better. Like I am the perfect candidate for this job. I know I'm going to get this. And then two weeks go by and no phone call and three weeks go by and no phone call. Uh, you got your hopes up and it just dreams shattered. Or maybe it was a blind date. Like you got your hopes up. Maybe this might be the one, this might be the one. And you go out on the date and halfway through dinner, you're faking a headache to just get out of there because uh, it did not work out. Or maybe it was a trip like a vacation, it was going to be the most epic trip ever, and it turned out to be an epic disappointment. Uh, another quick story that relates, I was in middle school or high school, and our youth group took a trip to Wrigley Field. It's my very first professional baseball game. I went to uh, iconic Wrigley Field. Uh, our youth pastor was a big baseball fan, so there's like 25 of us going up to this game, and out of the 20, and we, we splurged a little bit. We were lower level seats. Out of the 25 tickets purchased at Wrigley Field that day. Here was my view from my seat at Wrigley Field. <laughs> right? And that's just kind of how it works. Like, there's so many things in life where we get our hopes up and our hopes are met with a reality that doesn't deliver. It, 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 that's happened, right? In so many different ways in life. And, and because of that, because that's how, how life works, we've even come up with this phrase. We use this phrase Parents, you've probably used this phrase. Maybe you remember your parents telling you this when you grew up. Like, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Maybe with a Christmas present this year, kids, you've been told, don't get your hopes up. 
All right, we'll talk to Santa. We'll see what he can do. But don't get your hopes up. I don't know if there's any Nintendo Switches left at the North Pole this time of year. You know, don't, don't get your hopes up. We, we say things like that because we live in a world that doesn't come through on hope many times. And I, I, I even read a blog post this week. Here, here's the title of the post. Listen to this. Don't get your hopes up. Why expecting the worst is the most positive way to live. <laughs> and let's just say after reading the post, I wasn't quite convinced. Let me read you the, just the first paragraph. It says, don't get your hopes up. Nothing good comes of it. It can literally only lead to disappointment. Now, I'm not saying you should definitely expect the worst. That's up to you. Personally, I think expecting the worst is a pretty healthy, solid way to emotionally stabilize yourself. If the worst happens, you're okay. You're expecting that. You were prepared for that. If the best happens, awesome! Everything is fantastic. The world is so far beyond what you ever expected. And, and that's a strategy that some people turn to in a world that doesn't deliver on hope. And for some of you, the pain of disappointment has been so prevalent in your life that you would read that blog post and be like, that makes sense right there. Like, I just don't want to feel that disappointment again, that deep hurt again. So maybe I just need to prepare myself for the worst, and then no matter what happens, I'm at least prepared for it. And if that's you today, if that's you this evening here at the second of three Christmas services, and, and maybe you would even say you, you feel a little hopeless in this season, or maybe you wouldn't identify as hopeless, but you would say that, uh, that you, like when it comes to hope, you're somewhat skeptical or cynical of that word. Uh, I, I, I hope to reframe and rewire our thinking a little bit tonight. Everybody in the room. I want to challenge us with the truth that there is a hope we can believe in that will always deliver, that will not let us down, and that Christmas is confirmation of that hope. But let, let's just start with this question right here. What is hope? What is hope? Well, here, here's what hope is not. Hope is not optimism. Optimism is psychological. Hope is theological. It's a little deeper. Uh, optimism is telling yourself things are going to go great even when they're not going to go great. Like optimism isn't always in touch with reality. Uh, it's trying to convince yourself something is true even when it's not true. Like I could sit down with a bowl of skinny pop popcorn and try to convince myself that it's movie theater butter. But that does not change the fact that I'm eating air. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't like, and by the way, while we're on food, the Impossible Whopper, it doesn't taste like meat. Okay, the commercial's a lie, friends, it's a lie. But, uh, but I, and, and listen, I'm not against optimism, okay, I, I'm pro-optimism, optimism is way better than pessimism. Like, have you ever met those people, like, no matter how good of a day you're having, they can bring you down? Have you ever met those people, no matter how bad of a day you're having, they'll bring you down even further? And you're like, yeah, I'm having Christmas with them. It's my extended family. That's what, it, but that's, that's pessimism. So we'll pray for you if that's where you're at. But, but you got to get this. This is so important. Optimism only works with things you can control. Optimism only works with things you control. You, you can be optimistic about things you want your husband to change for the rest of your life. He might never change any of those things. Uh, you, you can be optimistic about things you want someone else to do the rest of your life. They might never do any of those things you're optimistic about because optimism only has the power to change things I can control. Hope has the power to change everything. Optimism, here's another difference. Optimism is an internal attitude. Hope is an external expectation. Optimism, it often denies reality like it's not that bad, okay? It's not that bad. Hope says, no, it's bad. In fact, it's really, really bad. 
But I still believe it can get better because I have this external expectation, and his name is Jesus. That's hope. That, that because Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and changed everything, there is hope for the world. Here's what hope is. Here's what hope is. Look at this. What is hope? Hope is a confident expectation that things will get better. Not because I'm optimistic and I believe in myself, but because I'm hopeful and I believe in Jesus. It's a confidence in Jesus. And think about it like this. Like faith and hope, they go together. You, you can't separate the two. Like I have faith in Jesus, which means I trust in Jesus. And then hope is that trust extended into the future. That's what hope is. As I look into the future, I'm confident that Jesus is going to come through. I have hope in something outside of myself, something external. It's, a, it's not a confidence that life is going to go perfectly. It's a confidence that my relationship with Jesus will hold me up. It's not always a hope in things going well. It's a hope in a God that never fails. And, and Jesus is the only one that offers this kind of hope, this type of hope, this level of hope, this category of hope. And I love what it says in Matthew chapter 12 about Jesus. And this is actually repeating a prophecy from the book of Isaiah, this Old Testament book. Hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth that first Christmas night, the prophet Isaiah spoke all these different promises about Jesus. And here's one of the things he spoke, and it was later written in Matthew. It says, look at my servant whom I have chosen. And it's talking about Jesus. He's my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. And then down in verse 21, and can we just read this with some Christmas spirit tonight? Even kids, if you can read, read this with some Christmas spirit tonight. Here we go. And his name will be the hope of all the world. See, Christmas isn't just about Jesus coming to earth. Christmas is about hope coming to earth. Because Jesus is hope. That's the Christmas story. We, we've been talking about it all month long here at Revolution in our Arrival series. We, we just looked at it a couple different ways. Let's look at it one more time, just a, a section of that Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And I hope everybody reads this on Christmas Eve. I gave that challenge a week or so ago. Here, here's the Christmas story. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. I love that description. Uh, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. We've been talking about this story, if you've been at Revolution, and in the first century, at, at the time of the first Christmas, Israel was under Roman rule. Okay, there, there was a spirit of defeatism with the Jewish people. It, it would be like if a foreign power took over America and we weren't living as a free nation anymore. And, and to top that off, they were going through somewhat of a financial crisis. Caesar Augustus had decided to raise taxes. This was the reason for the census. This was the reason they had to travel back to their own ancestral towns. So this trip Mary and Joseph took to Bethlehem, it wasn't a fun trip. It would be like taking a trip to see an IRS agent, okay? Not very, doesn't sound very fun. It would be like going to the dentist for a root canal, okay? This is, this is not a fun, exciting trip to Bethlehem. And then they, they're going back to the place of Joseph's ancestry, which several of his family still lives in Bethlehem or around the area, I'm sure. And Mary and Joseph are engaged to be married, and Mary is pregnant, 
you know there's going to be some questions asked, you know, when they get there, and, and that's probably why they tried to stay in an inn instead of staying at the in-laws, and they went with a barn instead of going to the in-laws, right? They, because, like, they're, they, maybe even the whole way to Bethlehem, they're preparing for how are we going to tell this story to our family, and, and some of you relate to this because you, you're going to be visiting some family this, this week that you only see a couple times a year, and you go into those times with a plan, Right? Like, you're ready for the political conversation that's going to ensue. Uh, you're ready for that aunt that has a weird fascination with your dating life and asks some strange questions. Or you're, you're determined not to get cornered by Uncle Eddie again this year with that weird conversation, whatever it is. But, but what I'm getting at with this story, the Christmas story, is it was, it was a tough time for Israel at large, and it was a tough time for Mary and Joseph. And you might even label it hopeless. But again, actually what was happening was hope was born in Bethlehem that night. Or as John Sullivan Dwight penned, the thrill of hope made the weary world rejoice that night. And you probably know what happens next. Just give you a few more parts of the story. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the flocks nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. That's hope right there. We have a message of hope. And here's that message. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And here's the sign. You will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. See, friends, the, the, the central message of Christmas is that hope has come. That, and, and that's really good news. The central message of Christmas is hope has come. Not human hope, not like get, get your hopes up only to prepare for a letdown hope. Real hope, lasting hope, world-changing hope. Hope that literally can change everything, everything. I remember uh, back when I was in college, I took two biblical counseling classes, and I don't remember hardly anything from college. If you went to college and you have a lot of memories from college, you're probably in the minority because there's so many other important things that take up space in my brain now than some of the worthless things I remember from back then but, or, or have from back then. But one of the things I do remember was this uh, biblical counseling class. I took two different classes with the same professor, and he, he said something over and over again because I think this was the big idea he wanted us to leave with in the class. And it came back to me this week as I was preparing this talk. Here's what he would say. That hope is the single most important determining factor on whether or not someone is going to get better. And I, I even remember kind of talking about this a little bit in one class where someone asked, well, what do you mean? That's a little vague. And he said, well, I mean exactly what I'm saying. That it doesn't matter what you go into counseling for, or what you need help with, or anything like that. Hope is the single most important determining factor on whether or not someone is going to get better. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. It is the biggest factor. And, and that is why Christmas is so important because the central message of Christmas is that hope has come. Like, past tense, it's already here. Like, it's already available. To, like, it's, it's like that best Christmas present under the tree ready to be unwrapped this Christmas season. And let me tell you just a little bit more good news about this hope. Because later on in the, in the story, so Jesus is born, he lives his life, and the New Testament continues to unfold. This guy named Paul becomes a Christ follower. He's transformed by this hope, and he, he's inspired by God to write about it, and he uses a word to describe it several different times. Let me just show you a few spots where we see this word show up. 
Uh, Romans 12, 12, it says, rejoice in our, let's say this together, confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Let's, let's look at another verse in Ephesians. It says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. And then one more spot in Romans, look at this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see the trend here? Like, this isn't the same category of hope that we started with this evening, okay? This this is not like, I I, I hope I get the Millennium Falcon for Christmas. This is not, I hope I get that new job. This is not, I hope 2020 is a better year than 2019 because, man, it's been a tough year. No, this is confident hope. This is hope that no matter what 2020 brings, No matter what Christmas might bring, no matter what this life might bring, I have a hope that is bigger and better than anything that comes at me in this life. No matter what I'm going through right now, no matter what pain, no matter what problem, no matter what struggle, like I have a confident hope that is way better, way bigger than this thing that I'm dealing with right now. I have a hope in a God that became man, that lived this life, that died a death, that rose again, that beat death. And my hope is in him and his strength and in his power and in his spirit that lives in me now. That's the hope we're talking about. And Paul, look at what he says. You will overflow with this confident hope. And the word in the Greek, it means to be filled to the brim. It's it's like the picture of a glass that's so full, you don't want to pick it up because you're going to spill it. So you got to lean over, take a few sips from the glass before you pick it up. Like it's 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 there, it's available, it's enough for whatever you're going through. It's more than enough for whatever you're going through. That's the hope it's talking about here. That's the Christmas hope. That's the Jesus hope. And friends, it's right there, ready to be ready to be unwrapped. Let me give you one more verse. One more verse. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. See, this is a hope. You can get your hopes up about this, and there's not disappointment on the other side. Because there's so many things in life that way, right? Even Christmas can be that way. We get excited for Christmas. The thrill of hope might even be better than the the thrill of doing Christmas or having Christmas as a family because it's just tough at times. There's unmet expectations with Christmas. There's unmet expectations with life. We get our hopes up. We get let down. But let me introduce you to a different kind of hope confident hope. Hope that came to us 2,000 years ago in the form of a baby in a manger that changed everything. It changed everything, friends. Let's celebrate that a little bit more tonight.
So I, I hope that through tonight that you have a, a big picture of what Jesus did, what Christmas did, like the hope of the world, like big picture for forever. There is this, this amazing hope that's in a different category all by itself that changes everything. But what I want to do just for our few minutes here is let's, let's zoom it in. Because that same hope that has the power to change the world has the power to change you. That it, it, it doesn't just give hope to the world. It gives hope to you. Like it doesn't matter like what 2019 has brought or what you brought in with you tonight even. Like this, this is a hope that is available for you. It changes everything in our story, in your story. So I, I just want to challenge you to do one of two things with this hope that we've talked about tonight. Like if you've never like accepted this message, this story as part of your story, I, I challenge you, unwrap the gift. 
Hope is a gift. It's just, it's there waiting to be unwrapped and say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I want to trust in your hope for my life. I, I, I need you in my life. Unwrap that gift. And if you're here tonight at Christmas and, and you have unwrapped that gift before, then my challenge for you in this season is to re-gift. Like, give it to somebody else in some way. Like, share this story. Share this message. Share your story and what this hope has done for you with someone else to, to, to change them so they unwrap this gift that can change everything, not just in the world, but for you.